is the issuance of the Cybersecurity Executive Order just days away, and a look at this week's ISMG's Fraud and Breach Prevention Summit in Atlanta. These stories and more coming up on the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. The long-anticipated Cybersecurity Executive Order from President Donald Trump could be issued sooner than later. That's according to White House Cybersecurity Coordinator Robert Joyce. He spoke Monday at an IT security conference at Georgetown University in Washington. Joyce said the timing of the release of the executive order needs to be sequenced with other administration initiatives being rolled out so not to distract from them. Joyce reiterated that the executive order would promote a risk-based approach to IT security. The executive order also will call on each agency to conduct a comprehensive review of its IT architecture and infrastructure, and that department and agency heads would be the ones held accountable for their organization's IT security. Joyce said cybersecurity isn't the domain of the IT department or even the chief information security officer. Leadership from the top is what is going to make IT safe. But what does responsibility mean? Here's Stephen Chabinski. He's a cybersecurity lawyer who served on President Barack Obama's Cybersecurity Commission last year. What we really mean by saying that the leader is responsible is they're responsible for assessing the situation, taking this seriously, and bringing to the forefront whatever those issues are. Leaders really can figure out what they need and that it's not that we're asking them to ensure perfect security. We're asking them to assess their environments and bring that up to this place within the White House that you're talking about to say, here are the real challenges that we're facing. Joyce, according to several reports, suggested that IT modernization won't be part of the executive order. Instead, the new White House Office of American Innovation, that's headed by Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, will oversee modernizing federal IT, but it would be closely aligned with the goals of the executive order. IT modernization is an important part of cybersecurity. That's because many older systems cannot be properly patched to defend against cyber threats, so they need to be replaced. We'll be back in a moment. Innovation of Information Sharing, presented by Michael Daniel, President, Cyber Threat Alliance, and former White House Cybersecurity Coordinator. That, plus the FBI, DOJ, and more industry influencers at ISMG's Breach Summit in Washington, D.C., Visit ismgcorp.com to register today. The Australian government last April pledged to spend $230 million Australian dollars, that's equal to $173 million U.S. dollars, over four years on a range of initiatives to bolster the nation's cybersecurity stance. How are Australian companies doing in securing their digital assets a year later? ISMG's security and technology editor, Jeremy Kirk, provides this update from Sydney. Cybersecurity is becoming a board-level concern among Australia's largest companies, but many are worried a breach or intrusion would nonetheless disrupt their businesses. The finding comes from a first-ever survey released last week by the Australian government. 76 of the country's 100 largest companies on the Australian Stock Exchange participated. Only 29% say they're confident that they can detect and respond to an intrusion with minimal operational impact. The survey says that may be partly because cyber risk is increasing and becoming more complex. 
It also may be due to a traditional focus on protection rather than detection and response capabilities. Shane Bell, forensic and cyber director of the technology advisory firm McGrath Nickel, says if that the broad trends illustrated by the survey are positive. He says cybersecurity is on the agenda of company boards, which show they view the issue with ongoing concern. The report comes a year after the Australian government launched a refreshed $230 million cybersecurity strategy that's designed to put the country on a stronger footing. The survey is a mix of findings, some good and others more worrying. More than 80% of companies expected the likelihood of cyber risk to increase within the short term. Jeff Payne is CEO and Managing Director of ResponSite, which is a data breach prevention firm based in Melbourne. He says if companies seem confident in their cybersecurity spending and detection capabilities, but at the same time, there's lower confidence in their ability to stop breaches. In other findings, only a third of the companies say they've evaluated their cyber defenses of their suppliers or customers with connections to their systems. Australia's mandatory data breach notification law, which is due to come in force no later than early next year, makes understanding where data is even more important. Peter Milan, a partner with PwC Cybersecurity Practice, says if that if a partner is responsible for a data breach, regulators will look to the company with the customer relationship. He says if a supplier has a breach and a company doesn't know where their data lives, it's going to make it difficult to respond to the new law in time. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. The ISMG Fraud and Breach Prevention Summit is underway in Atlanta, and the summit features two keynote speakers. Georgia State Attorney General Christopher Carr is addressing the types of schemes and attacks his office reviews, as well as how state entities respond to improve cyber education and defenses. The second keynoter is Bryce Austin. Austin was a top IT security executive at Target in 2013. That's when the retailer experienced a major breach that exposed the private information of some 70 million customers. Austin's address looks at the lessons learned from the Target hack, and in a recent interview with the Summit host and ISMG executive editor Tracy Kitten, he champions the idea that chief information security officers' compensation should be based on the security they provide their enterprises. I think that a CISO needs to balance the security of the company, the user experience, and the overall profitability as a whole, as a group. And when you look at a problem through one lens, you're often going to get an interesting perspective. The analogy I always love to use is if I am a hammer salesman, the number of problems that look like nails becomes stupefyingly high. I want to see the CISO role be something that helps a company have a competitive advantage. It doesn't just prevent breaches. It's not just CISOs who can be incentivized by money. Cyber criminals are becoming very entrepreneurial, as another of the summit's featured speakers points out. He's Steve Durbin, Managing Director of the Information Security Forum. They're very agile, very ready to adopt new ways of working and thinking. They've matured beyond that. They're now highly structured, very, very competent, very collaborative, large enterprises. And of course, they have moved into offering a whole range of different services. We've seen the resurgence or rival crime as a service. 
price points around certain things that you buy on the, on the dark net dropping, which you know, from a marketing standpoint tells me that there is more demand out there than anything else. And of course, people are meeting that demand with increased supply and with increased products. Another of the summit's presenters is Alex Mosher. He's vice president of security strategy for CA Technologies, and he's speaking on how taking a proactive stance on privileged access management can mitigate risk while allowing the business to use tools needed in today's digital economy. In an interview with ISMG's executive vice president, Tom Field, who's co-hosting the Atlanta Summit with Tracy, Mosher says privileged access management needn't disrupt the business. If I have to disrupt their business flow, their business process, if I actually slow things down, if a system goes down and it's harder for an admin to go in and fix it, that's just going to reflect negatively on me. Finding the people, the processes, and the technology to gel together that doesn't impact business, I think is very, very key. And I think that's the piece that's oftentimes overlooked. Also presenting at the summit is Randy Tresek. He's director of the CERT Insider Threat Center at Carnegie Mellon University, and his presentation is on developing a successful insider threat detection program. Your insider threat program should be focused on who are the individuals that can pose a threat to your critical assets. That is not everybody in all organizations. To build an effective program, it needs to start by identifying critical assets and then who has authorized access to those assets and then could they threaten it from a malicious standpoint or a non-malicious or an accidental standpoint. You heard just a sampling of the some two dozen presenters at this week's ISMG Breach and Fraud Prevention Summit in Atlanta. In the coming months, we'll be holding our summits around the globe in the United States, Australia, Britain, Canada, India, and Singapore. To find out more about ISMG Fraud and Breach Prevention Summits, please visit events.ismg.io. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time. 